Chapter six of I've Come to Stay A Love Comedy of Bohemia by Mary Heaton Vorse. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter six. There came a knock at the door, and a large colored woman did what she would have called eased herself into the room. What you got there, Mr. Ambrose? she inquired. My lord, if it ain't that anarchist child, Sonya Mucha, poor lamb. She ain't got no more meat on her, nor a spider, so she ain't. Here, Mr. Ambrose, let me do that. She lifted the child tenderly in her arms. Hey, baby, darlin', you're open your eyes. Don't you know your gusta, honey? What all ails her, you reckon, Mr. Ambrose? Hunger, replied Ambrose grimly. Poor little thing, Augusta repeated. Ain't it awful? Her grandpa, he was a lovely man, awful queer, but lovely. Nobody lived didn't love Mr. Mucha. It's a pity being lovely ain't a paying job for a man. It's all the job poor Mr. Mucha had. Oh, twas a real treat to hear that man go on, just like the Bible if you didn't listen to the sense. Talk? He was grander and most preachers. Where this child been, you reckon, since he died? All this time she was ministering to Sonya, rubbing her cold hands and feet. Lord, this child's made of iron. She can make her living in the circus any day. Last week I came down West Broadway. Hello, Sonya, says I. Hello, Augusta, says she, and grave like a judge, she done turn a cartwheel and walked right on like that's how everybody say good morning. Sonya, child, says I, you all sure get pinched. She just wunk her eye at me. Some morning, says she, I'm bound to turn cartwheels. Expresses my individuality, and don't you worry about no cop. It don't express the individuality of no cop around this year square to pinch me. Mr. Ambrose, she ain't a little girl. She's just a bunch of India rubber and steel, ain't you, honey? Sonya had opened her eyes. Here, you take this. Augusta had warmed milk at the fire. She ain't fit to be moved, she told Ambrose. Certainly not. I'm never going to move, Sonya piped. Her spirit seemed to have removed itself to a far distance, but from this distance it still communicated its dominant idea. I've come to stay. Together they put her to bed and fed her, and she fell into a sleep of exhaustion. Augusta eased herself from the bedroom to the studio. What all going to become of that anarchist child? Who all going do for her and raise her? She's fourteen, and she done just like she feel all these years. Answer me that. Don't it seem kind of careless of Providence to leave a young'un at just that age a-layin' around, Mr. Ambrose? Don't worry about her, Ambrose said. She just told you what she was going to do. She's going to stay here a while, anyway. He knocked his head with his hand. Fool, he exclaimed. Blockhead. Here it is. Here's the golden deed. I was so busy I never thought. Of course, of course. Augusta looked at him with curious melancholy. You act, she informed him sadly, like you was batty. I'm not batty, but I have been dense, he replied with dignity. He was knocking on the wall which separated his room from Camilla's. At the answering knock, he seized his hat. Where are you all going, Mr. Ambrose? Augusta required. Well, I'm just going to drop over to Miss Deerfield to ask her again to marry me, on account of Sonya, you know. Augusta looked at him with swift suspicion. Never can tell how a jag ain't going to take him, she murmured. Ambrose descended his stairs and ascended those of the house next door with a swiftness that spoke well for his early training. When Camilla opened the door, he had resumed his elegant calm. She was already dressed in an evening frock of two shades of orange. Camilla, Ambrose said, you look like the sun god's daughter. Camilla smiled and turned slowly around that Ambrose need miss no detail of her costume. I've got to hurry, she reminded him. He ignored her. Camilla, he said, you are clairvoyant. 
You have dressed to match my golden deed. You are part of it, you see. Since I left you, I decided to adopt the child. I don't approve of this new child with one parent idea at all. Stop raving, Camilla begged, and come to the point. The point is this, Camilla, that I can't conveniently adopt this child unless you marry me. It's Sonya Mucha, you see. I found her in my place when I came in. Her grandfather's dead, and so you understand. I can hear my taxi honking before the door, said Camilla, and my taste for your levity lessens with every honk. Levity, cried Ambrose. I was never more serious in my life. You wanted a golden deed? Well, here it is. It's a golden deed, isn't it? To provide a home and parents for Sonya Mucha? And anyway, it's up to me, isn't it? I couldn't do less, could I? He spoke in the tone of one who confidently awaits the response of, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Ambrose, said Camilla, you have been eating peyote beans the way they did over at the Castanes, and every one had to be carried screaming to an asylum, or you have chosen a very poor time for a practical joke. I was beginning to take your proposal of marriage seriously. I reflected on it all the time I was dressing. Now you come chattering to me like this. But Camilla, he cried, she's fallen sick in my room. She hasn't anywhere else to go, and she was sitting behind my green brocade screen, frightened to death, but positive that I wouldn't turn her out. She has chosen to come to me, you see, above everyone else in the world. Oh, she has, has she? And since she's chosen you, have you consulted her about having me for what you call a parent? Not for a moment that I'm going to be one to that spider-legged, grown-up girl who'll be dancing in a cabaret before you can turn around, I can tell you. Camilla's eyes shone. She spoke with heat. When a bird flies in one's window, Ambrose began. Bird, cried Camilla, stamping her foot. Albatross, boa constrictor. You don't know what little girls of that age are like. I do. I've been one. We've got em at home. Hyenas, serpents. Nevertheless, if it's all the same to you, I'm going to look after this albatross for a while. Why, certainly. Why shouldn't it be, Camilla replied coldly. Pose any way you want to. You wear your poses as well as you do your clothes. But for heaven's sake, don't be noble about it or sentimental. Don't talk to me about birds flying in your window. If Sonya Mucha was any kind of a bird, she'd be a werebird. You might try to understand. I thought you would. I was sure you would, said Ambrose reproachfully. I understand you perfectly, said Camilla. I am able to look through the hole in the grindstone, but you, you don't in the least understand yourself. Don't, I beg of you, go asking people to marry you in this offhand way of yours. Someone will do it sometime, and where will you be? They descended the stairs in gloomy silence. Outside the house, a dark man leaned against the iron railing. He looked at Camilla with a hungry, brooding gaze. Good evening, Camilla, he said, and started to walk away. Askoff, Camilla cried. You can come and play for me tonight. Very good, he responded gravely and bowed again. What are you doing with Askoff, Ambrose demanded. I have just adopted him, as a son. I shall tell him tonight. He will be entranced, Camilla replied lightly. Camilla, Ambrose urged, don't fool with Askoff. He's not the kind to play with. I'm not, Camilla mimicked. I never was more serious in my life. There rose in Ambrose's heart an emotion for which he had no name, and which had no previous place in his experience. He longed to shake Camilla. He wanted to carry her back to her room and lock her in it and keep her on bread and water. What was he doing leaning against your gate, anyway? Waiting for me, Camilla replied with a heavenly smile. He always waits for me to come down to go to dinner, then he says, Good evening, Camilla, and goes away. 
sometimes he brings me flowers by the way since i refuse to chaperone your werebird what are you going to do about her i'm going ambrose responded gloomily to telegraph my aunt adelaide come at once have adopted female orphan camilla slammed shut the door of the taxi as she drove away she stuck her head through the window and cried an ascoff for your moocha end of chapter six recording by expatriate in bangor maine